0: Welcome to the FPL Blues Podcast with your hosts, Brian Chin and John Bucks. While one of us is coming off a successful differential captain selection and set to use their second wildcard power-up chip, the other isn't. Brian, how is it at the top of the table and just outside top 50K?
1: Bucks, thanks for the introduction. I was going to ask which one's which, but we know based on the results from this past Blanket Game Week 27 that uh, I had an actual barnstormer absolutely flew feeling feeling on top of uh, cloud nine as they say went with the differential captain and pulled off a big rank rise so I'm feeling great how are you feeling
0: it's hard over here I am uh, stuck in the mud but overall you know I'm still having a relatively decent season I'm just inside the top 150k and I didn't smash it this game week and I'm not smashing it this season but uh, I'm having a great time and You know, just appreciative of the little things uh, as it's clearly a wild time, not just in the Premier League and in the FPL game, but also in the world at large. So, yeah, just uh, happy to be here potting with you and, uh, you know, moving along, moving right along.
1: Yeah, it's great to have that relationship with your mates and with football to help get you through some of these really challenging times we're seeing around the world. But FPL always brings me joy, Bucks, and let's jump into it. How did you do in game week 27?
0: Yeah, so we're recording on Wednesday uh, following the conclusion of most of the important FA Cup fifth round matches. So we're going to have some intel to drop later on in the pod about implications for future Premier League matches and potential double game weeks being scheduled. We're also going to break down and highlight the double game week and single game week fixtures in match 28 coming this weekend to target for transfers. And Brian, he buried the lead a little bit, but he has enacted his second wild card chip. So we're going to cover uh, mm. down and dirty. We're going to look at Brian and his team, which has been absolutely on fire. Uh, we're going to be earmarking some of the players that he's targeting uh, so that we can make future moves to hopefully, uh, stay on his tail as we chase him Um, (laughs) but without further ado my team i ended blank game week 27 with a 52 i made three transfers for a a minus four hit so i ended up on 48 points all out that was pretty much a gray arrow for me all things considered but i ended up with a 7k a pretty small red arrow down to one hundred forty seven thousand in the world overall my transfer moves were mixed. Uh I brought in Veghorst for Edward and he blanked both matches, but he ended up with six points or three points doubled, which was more than Edward had who blanked and had zero. So uh wasn't quite a success. Otherwise I had Salah who I moved to youngman's son who had nine. So that looks really good. But I took a hit to move off Olise from Crystal Palace, replaced him with James Ward-Prowse, a future-looking move, a player that I wanted to have for double game week and also for long-term. And it backfired because Elise was the best player on the pitch for Crystal Palace and had an assist and got some bonus. Looked spectacular. Oh, Crystal oh, Palace continues uh. to
1: just ruin your season. You've been on and off their assets at the wrong times and you've been on three different crystal palace players and they just continue to haunt you. They're, they're up in your apartment in Brooklyn right now. I see those ghosts of uh, points past haunting you.
0: Yeah. Not crystal palace for me. It's more like cuckold palace. I'm just getting uh, teased left <laughs> and Right. It's brutal.
1: <laughs> That's the, the brutal noodle ladies and gentlemen.
0: Yeah. That, isn't that the truth? So, uh, yeah, I'm hopeful that my team will uh, come out of, uh, this transfer window looking better long-term, but it wasn't meant to be in the short term. Uh, For my team, I had Sun and Cancelo who each got nine points, David De Gea, Dean, and Vut Veghorst, my captain, all ended up with six, and Ollie Watkins threw in five uh, for good measure and to get off the naughty list. And yeah, so worth mentioning that I had suspected in our mini-league chat that Riyad Eight Nori was due to be rested as he was kind of coming off what looked like a potential injury and a series of yellow cards. He ends up getting benched. So I made some transfers to try and plug my hole and have eleven playing guys, but I only ended up with ten. uh So small red arrow is what I deserved. Let's let's talk some good news, Brian. How'd your team do?
1: Oh, Bucks! I fucking flew. I'm gonna put the. Uh not safe for workup on this episode, the explicit, man, I had a game week where every single thing uh, went my way. And I feel very, very happy that I have a good pulse for where the game was going. And I decided to dead end my team heading into game week 28. So my two transfer moves were Sala and King out for Kane and JWP. JWP, I was Between him and Zaha and JWP ends up outscoring him by one point. But it was nice to have some action in the Friday match. That's always a fun way to kick off the FPL weekend. He blanks, but looked fine. I think he's a decent asset for these upcoming fixtures. But Kane, even though they got stomped on by Burnley and Tarkowski and me were dominating them in the air, uh, it was great to see that Kane had what we earmarked as a huge FPL game versus leads and unfortunately we saw the sacking of bielsa after that but um anyway so just to recap my team had a net 70 points and this was a game week rank out of all fpl managers in the game of about 50k and i had a 33 percent rank rise which is absolutely huge in any game week whenever we can get like 10 percent rank rise that's that's huge but to get a 33 is was just crazy. So super stoked about that. Kane, captain, 22 points. I avoided Huge. the Wakehorse horse trap, and that, that was a call really just based on the recent Dennis and King double game week where we saw other players you know perform just as well with single game weeks. And given the fixture versus leads, I just thought that they were going to destroy them. And it was a good opportunity for me to hit Salah out because not many players would have Kane unless they were on free hit uh, in the top 100 K and he came good in a big way. He looked absolutely unreal. He created another two big chances that uh, I think doc foiled away and somebody else had a one-on-one that he missed, but he could have had even more points in that match. So 22 for him. And then sunny boy, still in my squad, nine points, gets the late goal, beautiful pass from Kane to son. And that's uh, FPL gold time and time again. They're the leading duo now all time between link ups for goals and assists to each other. Foden comes in with a scrappy seven point goal. And then I also had double Manchester City defense. I had six points or seven points from Laporte, nine points from Cancelo. And then, um, yeah, a couple other trickling points from Watkins with five. He gets a goal and De Gea comes in with six points. So really just absolutely flew. And uh, it was one of those weeks, especially watching the final game on Tuesday. Weghorst, he gets a yellow card, no points. That was huge for my rank. And then also just seeing them concede late in the 80th minute plus to Madison and then Vardy. So all in all happy boy over here, bucks.
0: Yeah, you absolutely nailed it. I do want to just highlight, uh, we were talking before and you were feeling a kind of way about your backing Kane, And you mentioned you wanted to put a 20 spot saying that he was going to outscore bag And I said, you know, I'm not brave enough to do that because I'm already back (laughs) in that course with my team and I'm expecting to be punished. Uh, So kudos to you. And this actually dovetails really nicely because we want to also highlight the manager of the game week. Brian, you ended up with inside the top 50K out of 8.5 million FPL managers for blank game week 27. The manager of the game week had 74 points. He was almost inside the top 40K for 8.5 million managers. And that was Patrick McMichael, his team, Trickery, 17. He captain Kane, just like you did for 22 points. He had Sun add nine, Livermento with eight. He had a triple up on City as well. Diash, Laporte, and Foden, who each added seven points. And he had Eric Dyer differential with six. So uh, incredible to see both you and Patrick's team at the top of our, FPL Blues Podcast Super League table for blank game week 27. And neither of you used any chips. So that just really shows that you should be playing your own game. As long as you nail captaincy week after week, you're probably going to have a very strong score and likely looking at green arrows. So um, I think last week with the rash of triple captainers and then we had a free hit team was the top scoring squad. And then this week with no chips, and just smart captain selection. It's proving our point that just play your own game. As long as you make the right choices for captaincy, you're going to be looking really pretty otherwise.
1: Yeah. And I feel very vindicated in choosing to just build my team for that blank rather than use a chip. I'm going to use my free hit chips to attack the upcoming double game weeks later in the season. And so I think there's just more upside and a a wider delta that you can nail if you have let's say a team of 11 double game week players. So I'm happy to have survived this free hit where a lot of managers in the top 100 K had a lot of really good looking teams. That's the one thing that you do get sucked into on social media and on Twitter and seeing all these teams. You're like, wow, this team has Kane son Sterling, Mares, Sancho. And you're like, Whoa, like I am going to be falling behind this week. So um, it was, a, it was a huge opportunity for me. And, it was interesting to see a lot of the Twitter community just go to the double game game week player in Weghorst. And I had actually brought him in last week as my transfer. And he had, I think, 14 or 15 total points, but yeah, 14, I was not 14. that hot on him. Yeah. And that, I was not that hot on him. And you went through his stats, I think, on last episode's pod where. He had like one shot and one touch to equal his twelve point double digit haul, and that's just not something I want to back. I want to be a little bit more stat focused, where a player is getting you know three or four shots in a match, and hopefully a few of them on target. So very happy to see how that turned out. But whew, I'm um, excited to be on wild card now, wild and out over here, Bucks. Woo!
0: We're wild. We're crazy, and. uh Brian, at least, is sexy because he's in the top 50K. He's hot, hot fire. He's like a hot Takis, hot Cheetos. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to recap just big picture what happened in blank game week 27. And then we'll look ahead to double game week
1: 28. And we're back to recap game week 27. Bucks, let's start with Burnley. They played twice. And we were hoping for at least one clean sheet out of these two matches, as many people on free hit brought three of those assets in. And unfortunately they blanked twice. What did you see here from the likes of Weghorst? And unfortunately Tarkowski, me and Pope owners also saw their points go up in flames.
0: Yeah. I just think this is a return to the mean for Burnley. They're not a very good team and they're having a decent season, but they were on a hot run of form, especially defensively. And I think that, you know, they kind of just got got, they didn't look altogether terrible against either crystal palace or Leicester. And I would argue that they were actually dominating the game against Leicester, the second match at home, uh, until Vardy and Madison came on as super subs at around the 70th minute. And they both absolutely changed the game in Leicester's favor. Um, you know, that he had the ball in the back of the net. He was marginally offside. So that was a little bit brutal, um, in this, that double. but yeah, I just think this is a, a good learning point and a good point of reflection for myself as an FPL manager, because I look at what you did, Brian in backing Kane, who's a proven premier league stud, and he has a track record of just production and performance. And obviously he's a better player than Voot fed I mean, there's no comparison. so i just think that if we step back and we don't get caught up in the hype of double game weeks we should remember that these bad teams aren't top of the table for a reason and yes they can be flash in the pan but i think this was a real smash back to reality for burnley because this is what they've been all season and to expect them voot vaggource to go out and get multiple returns is is just delusional. so yeah, punish They punished us. They punished me as an FPL manager backing them. And I just think they were clear disappointment. So I would be shocked if there are a wave of Burnley transfer player in. I think there's going to be the opposite. I think a lot of (laughs) Burnley players are going to make way for other players that are going to have double game weeks in the near future.
1: Yeah. And I think when we look at future double game weeks, you want to have a, a very attacking side. Like, let's say, for instance, like Leicester, they have a bunch of doubles coming up you know and can see a game script where they score goals, right? Burnley, you just have no idea. They might have three chances the whole game, and those might be half chances. So it's going to be really hard for your attacking player to get any attacking returns. Um, I think if I did not captain uh, Kane this week, I would have been like looking at Pope because he makes a lot of saves and he didn't end up with the most points out of their defenders. But again, some of these attacking teams – like if, if they're in the top 10, maybe you have a good shout at outscoring the likes of Sala or Kane or Sun when they have a good fixture, but these bottom teams, we've, we've fallen into that trap twice now bucks, and we're not going to be in another bear trap coming up when, uh, one of these weak teams have a double.
0: We'll see. I'll never say never, but, uh, yeah, curse you crystal palace and curse you Burnley. I Should have learned my lesson and also curse you Watford. Uh, All three teams where players uh, from their sides have really uh, not done the business when I've backed them. Um, Let's go to the other big story of the blank game week. I think this is actually counter to your point about going after the attacking players. This game week was filled with clean sheets. I mean, there were only nine matches and from the nine games played eight total clean sheets. So that's pretty remarkable and not surprising that the top scorers of blank game week 27, you know, had a goalie and five defenders on it. So uh, yeah, pretty impressive.
1: Oh yeah. I'm looking back at the recaps. You're right. There are a lot of lopsided, you know, two or four zero scores. Uh, Very interesting. A couple nil uh, nils, one nil. So the clean sheets they they add up so especially when you have those players from the likes of manchester city you know Cancelo converting all of these passes same with laporte on my team he actually converted all 110 of his passes in the game versus everton and it was the first time um in the last i think like seven years that somebody had completed that many passes and funny fact was he was the one to do like 107 passes so Those, those types of clean sheets, they also lead to bonus points for the defenders. So good to see if you had some of those assets. And I think on wildcard, I'll be going big at the back, um, just a little, little preview, but I'm, I'm definitely high on a lot of these defensive assets from city, from Liverpool, from Chelsea, uh, moving forward through the rest of the season. Great
0: shout and ladies and gentlemen, Brian just gave you the fun nugget of the episode. How wild is that? I mean, it's bonkers to think that you touch the ball 110 times and it never goes anywhere other than to your teammates feet. I mean, that's just remarkable. Uh, I'm sure Pep had some orgasmic display of affection to Laporte after the way he played and the way that City, you know, they really didn't deserve this result. We should just shout that out. Uh, they got away with a pretty clear handball. Um, and yeah, Everton are definitely hard done by by the way that the points netted out with City leaving with all three. But uh, yeah, just in general, very 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 interesting game week. I mean, Man United also made a mess of it. So I just think that this is a oh. time we Bucks. are. Th- let's let's talk about Man switching. U
1: quickly. Let's talk about Man U quickly. I mean, how many goals could they have had? three to five goals and they end with n- nil nil i mean i was sweating every single time bruno touched the ball because i thought he was going to get fpl points and he was very unfortunate and uh, the red devils were very unfortunate to get nothing out of that match ben foster though a game week 27 hero for many teams who had you know ramsdale and foster combination in goal they get 10 points for starting foster and he's come up with like three clean sheets in their last five matches or so under Hodge. So it's very, very impressive to have that kind of bench opportunity um, for your FBL team.
0: As Chelsea fans last season, when we played West Brom, they were kind of our bugaboo team. And this season for man United, they just cannot get over and get results against Watford. It doesn't make any sense. Goose
1: egg. Goose egg. Ridiculous. They got zero points this season in their two matches versus Watford. No, we're potentially going to be, they a... got one point, Oh but one one point. Sorry,
0: but it, it's just, Oh man, Listen, between the chances that Ronaldo and Bruno had, I think you're being charitable saying it was only going to be three to three to five goals. I mean, they really each had five to six big chances that they blew. Ronaldo, I mean, he had a clean, un, undefended header at the back post and he just sent it wide. I like you don't see Cristiano Ronaldo make that mistake. Bruno Fernandez put the ball right past the goalie wide of the goal, at least twice. So it is just frustrating as all heck to watch that and to have backed Bruno in my team. Um, Just glad I didn't captain him. I would have had even worse things to say about Bruno than I do about one voot Veghorst. But with that, let's flip our attention. It's all about you this episode, Brian. So before we talk about your wildcard team, let's talk about the actual FPL players who really hit it out of the park as you did in Blank Game Week 27.
1: Yeah, a few players that's absolutely smashed it were those from Tottenham and unfortunately they put the stamp of approval on the exit meeting for Bielsa and I think we just have a little little RIP best of luck happy trails to Bielsa. He's been a, you know, really intuitive mind in the football game and for Leeds they've came back up to the Premier League but he only knows how to play one style of football. And this season, without their spine, he was not able to get any defensive structure going. And they've shipped, I think, 18 goals in their last four matches or so. And it's sad to see him go, but we do have a, a Scani, a Wisconsinite, coming in and taking the helm for the rest of the season. Jesse Marsh, who I believe was a, a main assistant at RB Leipzig. And he's uh, also a very attacking manager. So it'll be interesting to see if they. Get a new manager bounce, and specifically if Rafinha can discover his uh, top form once again. What do you think here, Bucks, on this uh, new appointment? Yeah, very interesting hire to say
0: the least. I think he's very similar to Bielsa in a lot of ways. He does like to play attacking and kind of crazy pressing style. Um, So, Leeds definitely have the fitness coming out of Bielsa's training sessions uh, to be able to play that kind of way. I just wonder if they have the bodies and they have the talent to be able to actually be effective. I thought they were going to hire someone like Big Sam, someone much less exciting that would kind of just park the bus, get a bunch of one point draw results and tick on the rest of the season so that they could hope to stay in the Premier League. They really kind of went for it. Jesse Marsh, younger manager, less proven, but also very aggressive play style that he likes to employ. So, uh, yeah listen, I I'm one who hopes that for entertainment value Leeds is a premier league team next season They They just play a style where they can get anyone on their day. Um, but as you mentioned, injuries really have taken a toll on this team. They're missing arguably their second and third best player right now and have for most of the season. So yeah, but you know, for Spurs, Spurs looked incredible and it was from some proven assets like, Harry Kane and Hyung-min Song but also from some randos that I didn't see on a lot of free hit teams to say the least Matt Doherty <laughs> he was the wow the guy no one the guy no one expected he was
1: the one your Bucks. girlfriend
0: tells you not to worry about I think
1: <laughs> <laughs> Bucks we in the FPL community who have been playing for a couple seasons have some very fond memories because he was basically playing winger for Wolves back when they had Jota And then also Doc and Jimenez in their kind of prime. And even Adama was playing better for a a season and a half stretch. And Doc was scoring and assisting left and right. So it was interesting to see him move to Spurs and not play much. But now he's potentially one of the more creative players on the Spurs side in that wingback position. When we're seeing Sesson Young and Doc, they were they were lighting up. They passed to each other. I think each of them had an assist in that game. It's hard to take anything um, away from that match since it was Leeds who were very open, but definitely impressive. Doherty also missed a big chance. He could have ended on this. He could have ended with 23 points, uh, 24 points easily. Um, so 18, still very impressive at 4.7 million to collect the goal assist and max bonus with the clean sheet. Yeah, I just
0: want to shout out. I remember a couple weeks ago, a lot of the FPL community was hyped about Emerson Royal. He was coming off a goal and a clean sheet and three bonus. Um, and also talking a lot about Region. He was a must have in a lot of early wild card, second wild card drafts. And now they can't, neither of them can see the field because Sessignon is clearly preferred as a long term solution. At least through the end of the season, by Conte over Reggie. And Doherty seems to just be a better fit in this kind of creative system uh, than Emerson Royal. So, pretty shocking. And one player who we're not going to necessarily shout out for his points total, but I was very impressed by was new signing Kulisevsky. I mean, holy cow, that guy can run. And he is a great foil to Harry Kane and Young Min Sung. I think he's almost the perfect third. Piece to fit into their attack, And he connects it much better than Lucas Moore or Bergwijn because he's a good passer, but he's also pretty decent at carrying the ball at feet at high speed, which is, yeah, uh, you know, definitely a good good match next to Kane and Son, who are always going to be willing runners.
1: Yeah, very impressed with Kulu so far. He wasn't getting a ton of minutes at Juventus previously, and to see him come into this side, 6.0, definitely somebody you could consider. They will play in double game week 29 and then also play in game week 30. So somebody that I've definitely marked for potential uh, player to bring into my team. Okay. Before we take
0: our break and go to Brian's wildcard team, I just want to shout out some breaking news as we're recording on Wednesday, March 2nd, we have the FA Cup results. Chelsea ended up winning in a much more interesting and Compelling match than anyone could have expected oh, man, against
1: Luton Town. I thought I um, thought they were going to blow it to Luton. Uh, were they going to pr- pull a Spurs and lose in their FA Cup versus a middling team? Oh man, that that was a uh, nail biter. Yeah, so they
0: they get the result. Um, so that means that they're going to have a double game week now in twenty eight. They're gonna face Burnley and Norwich, but they will blank in game week 30. So that's important to know. And they probably become a priority side for transfer moves uh, going into this weekend and their double fixture. Um, Also at Chelsea, Roman Abramovich has been forced and is now going to proceed with a full on sale of the club. Uh, So stay tuned on what that means long-term. But I thought most importantly, right before we jumped on to record, News came out that his deputy and the head of the board, as well as Marina, who's been kind of the queen of the transfer market and loan market, she's really done great business while under Roman Abramovich at Chelsea. She's in charge of all player personnel decisions and transfer moves. She's also going to be leaving by the time this sale happens. So uh, that's going to be a major loss for Chelsea as They've really surged to be a global powerhouse of a club while Roman was at the helm. So I wanted to shout that out. Southampton also beat West Ham with probably even a worse team than their B team. Um, So they're going to have a blank in game week 30. However, West Ham and Spurs are going to now play their match in game week 30. So love to see that because Spurs and West Ham both have been present and popular FPL options this season, and Spurs, as you mentioned, they're going to play double game week 29, and then again in 30, as is Arsenal. They're the only two teams that have that quirk. Lastly, Liverpool beat Norwich, so they're going to also blank in 30, and that just is worth mentioning. If you're a Liverpool supporter, you're probably overjoyed. You beat Chelsea in the League Cup to earn the first trophy, and you have a chance for the ever fleeting quadruple you have a chance to win four trophies Ooh, this season the quadruple. So, uh, wow what a what a season that would be if liverpool took that down
1: thinking about chelsea i was uh just daydreaming earlier during my work day and just thinking about what the saudis think who just bought newcastle had they had any idea oh, that chelsea man. was going to become available maybe they would have saved some of their uh their lunch money and gone after the Chelsea blues instead but it'll be very interesting it's a huge change within the organization and within the club so we'll definitely stay tuned for that and uh just to add southampton a team on the rise i was kind of disappointed that they pulled that game out because a lot of their assets are cheap and i'm on wild card so the likes of broja and Kyle walker peters and livermento che adams those guys are all looking really well um at this point in the season and they they just score a lot of goals surprisingly they're scoring two or three goals every match they go out and this this team it was very much their b team and they still took it to west ham so a team on the rise whereas west ham i think their depth is starting to hurt them a bit especially looking at likes of antonio kind of getting a little bit more tired and bowen has been a superstar throughout this season but he's gonna have a lot of minutes underneath him. So uh, t- two teams going in different directions. So it'll be interesting to see how they finish the season. Great shout. And you're right. I think Southampton,
0: they're in the top half of the Premier League table. So uh, they're they're really going for it this season. I think this could be a storybook season uh, based on how they continue to progress through the FA Cup. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll just shout out the double game week fixtures in 28 and 29 before covering Brian's wildcard team
1: all right we're back to break down the teams that double in game week 28 the teams that double in game week 29 and then the teams that are actually playing in blank game week 30 bucks let's take our time read it very slowly so the listeners get a good sense of who's playing and who's not but if you do need anything recapped head over to ben Krellen on twitter he's got some great spreadsheets that really color coordinate everything and visualize it a little bit easier. But Bucks, let's start with double game week 28.
0: All right. From the top, we have Aston Villa. They play Southampton at home, Leeds away. Chelsea, they play Burnley away, Norwich away. Leeds play Leicester away, Villa home. Newcastle play Brighton at home, Southampton away. Norwich play Brentford at home, Chelsea at home. Southampton play Villa away, Newcastle at home. Watford play Arsenal at home, Wolves away. And Wolves play Crystal Palace at home and Watford at home. Now, just for context, I know this is a lot of details coming very fast. I think the quick takeaway is that Chelsea, despite having two matches away, yum yum, those are both delicious, Fixture specifically from a defensive perspective.
1: Oh, yeah. And
0: then I, I really, am I mean, I think that Southampton have a lot to play for. So that Southampton Villa match and then playing again at Newcastle. I think those are both teams that I would want to have players from for sure going into this game
1: week. And then I also think Wolves should get a clean sheet this week. They're asked to play Crystal Palace and Watford. So I definitely back them for one clean sheet and some appearance points. So important to kind of think about their cheap defenders potentially. All right, let's head to double game week, 29 bucks. I'll run through this one. We have Arsenal playing Leicester at home and Liverpool at home. Brighton playing Liverpool at home and Tottenham at home. Everton playing Wolves at home and Newcastle at home. Liverpool playing Brighton away and Arsenal away. Newcastle playing Chelsea away and Everton away, and then Spurs playing Manchester United away and Brighton away. So Bucks, this screams to me like a triple up on Liverpool and another potential option to triple captain Mohamed Salah, if you haven't used that chip yet. Yeah, and
0: worth mentioning, Newcastle back-to-back double game weeks. Uh, They're not the easiest fixtures uh, in that second one with Chelsea away,
1: but yeah, the, you probably. I mean, to have some players. <laughs> Bucks, these- yum yum. I know you. I know you enjoy that in and out in California. That double double, four fixtures and two game weeks. Got to take advantage of that for sure. And uh,
0: I think it's interesting that double game week twenty nine. I haven't noticed it while I was looking at it on Krellin's spreadsheet. But now that the way we've shouted out, there's going to be a lot of home cooking and a lot of tired legs uh, packing up and then packing up one hotel room and then packing up another one to get back on the bus. So uh, really interesting the way that the premier league structure, that that three teams uh, get both matches at home and three get both on the road. Uh, That's, I wonder, I wonder what the uh, X G
1: implications will be of that. The only implications I'm worried about bucks are tripling up on Liverpool, getting all those points. And then hopefully Tottenham players come through as well in that double game week. All right, next we're gonna just go through the teams that actually play in blank game week 30. And again, these are from the implications of the FA Cup, but we're gonna have Arsenal at Villa, Brentford at Leicester, Leeds at Wolves, and now with today's results, West Ham at Spurs. Bucks. we have four total fixtures on. I don't think I'm gonna field a full team, but there are at least a few popular assets and attackers that will be able to look for captaincy in game week 30.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting opportunity. I think having that additional match makes free hit slightly less appealing for many. Um, you know, if you're able to have triple Spurs and Bowen and maybe you have Rafinha and some of the Wolves assets, you might be able to skirt by just using some transfer moves in the next couple of game weeks to field a full or at least nearly full team. And thirty, so uh, definitely a lot to ponder um,
1: as we look ahead to your second wild card. Let's do it, baby! I'm jacked up. Oh, Bucks! I'm so excited. Christmas comes three times a year. Comes on December 25th, and then the two times that I wild card throughout the FPL season. So happy oh days! Oh my god! Get of out of here!
0: You—that's so <laughs> corny, and you're not even the dad in this podcast. Ugh, disgusting.
1: Yeah, you're still smiling, though. I know you appreciate the the dad jokes here. So, you know, one of the reasons that I decided to pull the wild card now is just heading into the final 11 game weeks of the season. You know, now is a very popular time to wild card or game week. 31 is also going to be another popular time. And given the fact that I feel like I'm in a good position where I can load my team up with double game week players in 28 and 29, while still being able to field anywhere from seven to nine players in blank game week 30. It just felt like the right time for me. I also have two free hit chips left, which I can use in lieu of double game weeks coming up and helping me get, you know, really solid squads out there to finish the season. So you want to make sure that you don't leave your wildcard too long. Another strategy players have been talking about is wild carding in game week 35 and then bench boosting in 36 because that's going to be the last huge double game week of the season. Like I, I understand the rationale there, but to leave your wild card for so long and then only have three weeks to actually enjoy it, it uh, doesn't seem very um, very strategic to me in terms of maximizing your point potential. Yeah.
0: And you could easily with the team that you're about to lay out to our listeners, you could easily wildcard this game week and bench boost next week with the team you're selecting. And I think you're not really leaving too many points on the table uh, pursuing that avenue. So without further ado, let's, let's dive into it. Let's start with your goalkeeper and your defense. Cause you mentioned you're going to have a, a loaded and go big at the back strategy.
1: Yeah. So at the moment, again, lots of tinkering to go through, but with the fa cup results started to put together my squad and in goal because i am going to bench boost in game week 29 i'm going to have two playing goalkeepers and i'm going to start with Dubrovka from newcastle they've kept a couple of clean sheets in their last four matches they seem to have kind of turned the corner in their season with a lot of new players in the side a new manager and they just look pretty competent competent at the moment so they have that double game week, and then they're going to double again in game week 29. So I'm getting four matches. Even if they he gets four points in each game week, that's pretty pretty helpful um, for appearance sakes, and maybe he'll look out in a clean. So he's my starting goalkeeper for game week 28. And then I have Ramsdale as my keeper as a backup slash starter. This was a big decision between him and Jose Sa. But after watching Wolves, they've actually only kept one clean sheet in the last seven matches because Sa has been so good. But when I look at Ramsdale, he just has a better team in front of him to take some of the pressure off of having to defend at every single moment. And he's a great stop, uh, a shot stopper. So i like when I see from Ramsdale, he's he's a popular asset because he's just um, does get a lot of saves and bonus. And I like that. Plus,
0: it's worth mentioning that Ramsdale and Dubrovka actually have among the best rotation from here on out. So you're not just making this wildcard draft with you know double game week twenty eight and twenty nine in mind. You're also looking for here on through the end of the season. So I, I really rate uh, that decision, and uh, I'll I'll save it for the transfers. But I might be uh, making a similar move without without the benefit of free transfers. Who's in your defense, Brian?
1: Looking at defense with the updated double game week for Chelsea I really feel like this is an opportunity to get two of their defenders in and really just try and maximize this easy fixture set of Burnley and Norwich so I'm going to have both Rudiger and Rhys James in my side from the defensive perspective Chelsea they always when they start their core guys they always look strong from a defensive um, position and I'm hoping that Rhys James maybe gets a clean and an assist in one of those matches and then maybe plays 30 minutes. He's still on a minutes restriction after coming back from the massive injury that he suffered. So that's still a slot to be honest, in my wildcard that I'm still playing around with, but I do like the differential of double Chelsea defense when many players would only have like say Rudiger at, um, at this time, what do you think there bucks?
0: I I love the selection of Rudiger and, James, I think having double Chelsea defense when most players are just learning about them having a double game week in 28 so soon from today is going to be a huge differential for you. And uh, it's actually something that I'm struggling with. How do I get in a player like Rudiger um, without totally changing my transfer strategy and taking massive hits? As you mentioned, James is a caution. I think he played 70 minutes when he was really only allowed to play 30 by the team doctors in the league cup final um so rudiger would definitely be my first choice but i think long term you want to have james more so i like that you're getting both them in you'll deal with the consequences as they come at you
1: yeah it's kind of tough because both rudiger and james are very expensive 6.1 for rudiger and 6.2 for james so i'm really still deciding what to do in that in those spots but to round out my defense i'm going to hold on to taa he's just an essential player on one of the best teams. And although he hasn't had as many attacking returns of late, he can turn it on at any moment and is definitely a player I rate very highly. And then I have two kind of cheap 4.5 million pound players and looking at White from Arsenal and then Kilman from Wolves. Kilman doubles in 28 and then White doubles in 29, so just a couple of cheap guys from pretty solid defenses that I'll be happy to rotate and a lot of times when Arsenal does win like a a 1-0 or a a 0-0 match, both Ramsdale and White get bonus points. So I like that considering how cheap and nailed he is. Yeah, I
0: like having, I like the spread of teams that you have from. So you have coverage over Newcastle, you have Wolves, Chelsea and and Liverpool. I guess my one question would be if you considered that white spot as as one of the kind of still flexible um, in your tinkering, because I think that maybe having a player like Kyle Walker Peters or even uh, Livermento there gives you a little more diversity and, and dynamism as you look to maybe target more teams with good run-ins. Because Southampton definitely have some cupcake matches coming up, and we were just praising them for the way that they've turned their season around
1: um these last couple game weeks yeah definitely rate the southampton shout the only problem with livermento even though he's 4.4 million right now is he doesn't have his spot completely nailed down perot who actually scored today a beautiful goal in the fa cup from outside the box has basically come back from covid and so i do think there'll be a little bit of potential rotation there and so that's why i've opted for somebody cheaper who also is nailed as a center back in a cheap slot i think if you know i was on free hit kyle walker peters would be the number one choice from southampton he's looked great he's had a lot of touches in the box in the last five matches and frankly is um unlucky to not have scored a goal so i I do like that shout but I don't have $4.8 million to to spend at the moment. So uh, yeah, that's that's definitely under consideration. But since they don't play in game week 30, that's also a reason why I had to go with Wolves and with the likes of Arsenal because they play in game week 30. Again, I'm not going to free hit in 30. And that's part of my strategy into maximizing my free hits during the upcoming double game weeks in 33 and 36. So a lot of planning, a lot of nerding out here, but that's uh, my, my effort to hopefully get a decent squad out in 30. So anyway, Bucks midfielders. Let's That's do where it. All the fun is. I have Mo Salah son Rafinha Willock and also Saka. So lots of double game weaker, double game weekers across the next couple of weeks. Willock is a, a player who hit a huge purple patch at the end of last season. And we've seen him crop up with, I think three or four returns in the last four weeks he's actually been playing a lot more advanced up the pitch with Joe Linton actually playing deeper in kind of a midfielder role. So I I like his prospects. He's a goal scorer and at 5.7 million could be interesting in a double double. If he were to get a goal and an assist in each of the game weeks, I'd be very happy since he is so cheap, but also considered Fraser there. He's got one of the highest um, expected goal involvements at the moment. And under Eddie Howe, he had a huge season at Bournemouth a few seasons ago. And he really hated Steve Bruce, but he's, you know, dusted off the cobwebs and seems to be returning to form. And he's a really creative player, he has a couple of eight pointers, um, gets bonus if he gets an assist. So somebody he's 5.3. So if I needed to pinch some pennies and upgrade elsewhere, I could go Willock to uh Fraser, but I want the goal scorers, right? I want each of these players to get double digit haul potentials. And I think, uh, the rest of my guys all, you know, really solid options with sunny boy being by choice, uh, as one of my favorite players over Kane, and that, that was a concession I had to make. That was definitely tough when thinking about wild card. Love
0: it. I think that will shout is a really great differential. He's someone we've discussed before. And at the end of last season, I remember, uh, I actually took a punt on him late in the season and he had, I think like seven or eight straight returns. And it was just like mind boggling because you didn't, you couldn't captain him because he was like 4.7 million, but every single game <laughs> week he was, he was getting a goal pretty much like clockwork. So I really like that. and I like how you're targeting teams that have double game leaks and also favorable run-ins beyond kind of game week 30. Let's go to the forward line uh, before we for our listeners to death with a never ending episode.
1: Hey bucks. It's all about my wild card. So it I'll, is, I'll just baby, listen to it this episode is. again. <laughs>
0: Attack that top 10 K. All
1: right. So the forward t- forward line is tough because I need players that have doubles and are cheap. And that's, it's very tough to come by. So right now I have Brogia who. Has been a little bit out of form, but at 5.5 million, he's just the best value in that slot. And he's going to double, and he actually got a goal last minute in the FA Cup. So hopefully he'll be able to turn it back on after a poor performance in game week 27. And then Jimenez and St. Max. So Jimenez, not too jazzed about it, but he doubles against Crystal Palace and Watford. Both of those matches are at home. So I could see him you know maybe nicking a a five or a six-pointer in either of those. So not expecting a lot, but hopefully he ticks with a, a couple of points. He's on pens. I don't think he's gotten any pens this season. So maybe we get a lucky handball and get some points out of Jim. He plays in game week 30. And that's the only reason why he's 7.5. So it was him or Watkins and in game week 30 wolves play leads. So that's kind of where I tip the scale to go with Jimenez instead of Watkins. And then St. Max is a huge punt. They got the double double. We don't know if he's healthy or not, but he's, I think, 6.8 or 6.9 million. Honestly, I if I don't stick with him, it's going to be hard to go with Chris Wood. So I might actually go with a double up and go to che Adams and Brogia for the double game week 28. But again, up in the air, I think it, it's hard to pick these these players because i want to bench boost otherwise i'd have a dead player for sure i'd have a 4.4 but since i am bench boosting i want players who can at least have a potential to start and get attacking returns so you know without Kane there it's a big miss but what do you think about these three forwards bucks
0: hey you only got so much money in the bank and i really rate the way that you're structuring your team i mean Right now, the way you're showing it to me, it's a 3-4-3, but I could very easily see you going uh, 3-5-2 most game weeks. I like Brogia. He's on my team. The Jimenez, it's not so exciting, but he's a proven player, and you know he's going to be at least 90% of the time. He's going to be a Premier League professional. He's going to put in the work, set up his teammates, and just do the business, tick on. St. Maxman, I mean, it's going to be weird to say this, but you're going to be really tightly watching that Eddie Howe press conference come Friday, you're going to be like, oh, who's he starting? Is there is there someone on Twitter who's an insider who knows what their starting lineups is going to be? Because you're tripled <laughs> up on Newcastle. Um, weird, weird to see that actually on the screen in front of me. But uh, I really like this team. I think it's dynamic in the way that you have a number of teams represented. So you're not just tripled up on Liverpool, tripled up on Arsenal, tripled up on... Wolves tripled up on Spurs and kind of, that's it. You have some other differentials sprinkled in, which I think is very valuable as you chase a really top level finish. And I like that you're going to be able to bench boost really confidently without risk of rotation. I mean, Kilman is a guy that I wish I got instead of eight Nori, because he's just put in a shift of 90 minutes, pretty much every game. Whereas, you know, certain guys that are slightly cheaper, Actually,
1: actually bucks. Every single game, every game, he has started 90. and played ninety the whole Incredible. season, which is pretty pretty phenomenal. You think at some point maybe you'd pick up a knock or or something, but he's played. It's a funny thing to pull up his page in FPL and just see ninety all the way down for every single game he's appeared in.
0: <laughs> well, he's not an exciting player per se, but availability is an ability for sure, and that's the only thing that I would say. Reese James and Joe Willick are the two that jump off the page to me as the big what ifs because are rotation risks i think eventually you have to assume calum wilson is going to come back and possibly regain his spot but who knows the form that Saint max is in there's really only one striker role and you know willick is just in flago right now so maybe he won't be so easily relinquishing that spot
1: yeah taking a look at my wild card that team that i just ran through it's very aggressive on the short term so i will be taking hits after we get out of game week 30 to shore up my team and bring in players from potentially a defender back from city, like losing Cancelo, that really hurts, but something that I'm going to just chase the upside and hope that Rudiger gets 12 to 14 points in this double. And maybe Cancelo just gets a clean versus United. So those are some of the the sticking points of my wild card where I'm chasing upside and Newcastle, by no means am I really backing them as a top club, but they're cheap. And that that matters when you're in wild wildcard.
0: Yeah, and not to poo-poo what's going on in the world, but you know, who knows what's gonna happen after game week 30. It's so far in advance, and this has been such a chaos-filled FPL season and just going on two and a half years entirely. So uh I really like the way that you're setting up the team to target here in the now, but also with an eye on kind of how you're gonna use your formation and your chips in the next couple of game weeks to really maximize points, let's say in the next three weeks, as opposed to thinking about this is going to be my team game week 38.
1: Yeah. So to recap with this current squad, I'm going to have nine double game week players for 28. I'm going to make one transfer and have 10 doubling players in game week 29, where I will use my bench boost. And then in game week 30, I should have eight or nine players and i'm not opposed to taking a hit and fielding a, a lesser team in that game week so again i think this is a aggressive strategy that right now especially after this huge game week 27 that i had i'm taking some chances so I'm, I'm going out of left field on a few of these players that i normally would not punt on but chasing upside and with a lot of chips left bucks i'm I'm feeling pretty confident that a, a top 25k you know, is definitely in the card. So if any of these players, like a Willick, just pops off, I could really fly. And uh, at this point of the season, just trying to, um, you know, whether I finish top 25k or outside of the top 100k, it's a, it's a fun gamble right now using all of these chips and my wild card.
0: Got to risk it for the biscuit. All right, let's take our final break. When we come back, we'll dive into Brian's captaincy and my transfer and captain plans.
1: All right, we're going to talk about transfer plans and captaincy shouts. Bucks, let's talk about your moves because I just did a dialogue, just had a session on your night's nice leather couch in your apartments for some therapy on wildcards. So let's give the mic back over to you. And, and what are you thinking here since you have, I believe, one free transfer? Yeah, I have one free transfer and about,
0: I had a million in the bank, but I already made my move coming into this podcast. Uh, the players that I had been tinkering with, Bruno and David De Gea, are set to price fall um, pretty much right now. And so before that happened, I wanted to make sure to bring in Salah and Dubrovka. I'd always planned to use a future transfer when I doubled up in my wild card on Ramsdale and David De Gea. I didn't realize at the time that Ben Foster was going to turn into Peter Schmeichel in goal for Watford <laughs> when I made that bold decision. Um, but yeah, it, it ended up netting out uh, pretty much as in the wash. um David De Gea had 10 points in his double game week and Ramsdale. He looked okay, but uh, yeah, it's uh, that kind of missed the mark as a move. And as a uh, kind of uh, tinker and aggressive play. And so right now yeah, Bucks, I ha-
1: I'm going to stop you just for a second. I know yeah. that last week you we're going to hokey-cokey Sala out when you could have just gone Bruno to Sun. So is that something you regret or are you are you feeling that, uh, you know, in a different different uh, universe, Bruno could have easily had 15 to 16 points? I think the logic was
0: sound and Sun was one of the only players I had that actually had a return. So uh, my game week 27 could have been way worse had I gone the other way and just gone um without Sun. So yeah, I, th- I think it, it paid dividends and yeah, Bruno, honestly, like what a choke job that guy. Um, I don't rate him as a, as a player for, for many reasons, but, uh, performances like this are just so frustrating because he is so talented and it just seems like if he doesn't have penalty kicks, he's, he's really finds it hard to put the ball in the back of the net consistently.
1: Yeah. So looking at your captain box, what are you thinking for game week 28? Are you going to go with a double game waker? Are you going to put it on Sala? Where are you, where are you at? So it's on Sala right now. And I have my vice
0: captain currently on James Ward Prowse and what I really wanted to just float here. So I've already taken a minus four hit to make my transfer moves. And I really wanted to, just express my thought about potentially grabbing Rudiger for the final 11 game weeks that would require taking a minus eight. And I know we've discussed, you know, taking hits is fine if you're going to go for attacking players, but I think potentially if I did bring in Rudiger, I might captain him because those are definitely two potential cleanable matches for Chelsea, not, you know, forgetting what we just saw with their performance against Lutton town, but uh, I definitely think there's <laughs> there's points to be had from Chelsea defense, and right now i have none of them. So um i just wanted to ask you as kind of the the best manager on the pod, what you thought about that taking the additional hit to get rudiger, a guy that I love as a player.
1: oh man bucks, that that uh that title never gets old. so thank you for continuing to uh, use that. I'm gonna have to get that printed in an embossed uh, business card and hand that out to our our listeners one day when we have a meetup. but I do really rate the Rudiger move. I think a lot of people will transfer him in. I guess in your current setup, who would you be hitting out to bring Rudiger in? Right now, well, I'd have to
0: I'd have to tinker with it, but I think it would probably be Cancelo would be the the one to make way.
1: Yeah, and that that's obviously tough. You've owned Cancelo nearly all season, so you have a ton of value built up in him. Um City are actually still gonna have to field really strong teams because they have not been blowing the doors off of the likes of everton and some of these other matches and liverpool is just creeping behind them with uh, a game in hand but i i think looking at it short term you know if, if you do sell Cancelo, don't be afraid to potentially get one of city's defensive assets back later but in the short term i mean when you pull up this um this schedule for for chelsea it's a lot of easy fixtures that they should clean in and have also some a lot of corners they should have a lot of possession so you might get a a cheek a cheeky uh, attacking header from from rudiger as well so i think it's it's really up to you because if if you want to enjoy having a player from your chelsea blues in your side you can't go wrong with that and that that hit will be made up over the upcoming game weeks
0: yeah it's really just a this decision again, it's, it is minus eight on paper, but because he has a double and because the guys that I brought in all have doubles um, it's, it's really not as significant as it looks right now. Uh, I just think the Rudiger thing is probably going to pay for itself just this double game week. So um that's really why I like it. And Chelsea have future matches that need to be rescheduled in and around their FA cup and their, their champions league matches. But the one consistent is Rudiger. He's a rock. He's a workhorse. And I just love his game. Uh, He's been a player that if, in fact, Chelsea decide to sell in the offseason, I'm going to be really sad to no longer have uh, cheering and
1: rooting interest in uh, going forward. So I just want to warn you that Cancelo in the reverse fixture versus United did put up two assists and have a massive 14 points. So that is the type of player that you might be removing from your side, but it could be a a good punt to get on the Chelsea train early. I wish you were had some more flexibility to maybe get somebody else out other than Cancelo, but given your structure, you also have Rabo and TAA, and those guys aren't going anywhere with upcoming double game weeks left. So I think a lot of managers are going to be in the same spot as you is do I take a hit to bring in a double game player? And if they're of high pedigree on a good team, I think it's uh, definitely worth the punt and worth the the hit.
0: Yeah, if only eight Nori was 6.2 million, it would make my decision really easy. (laughs) All right, Brian. Uh, Oh, if only, if only.
1: Bucks, I have not really thought about captaincy that much yet, to be honest. I was really hoping that we would not have a minutes restriction on Reese James because he's the type of player that I could see really excelling versus Norwich specifically. But a Chelsea defender as a... As a potential captaincy, I see probably 8 to 12 points from those two matches. So, you know, some bonus could be sprinkled in. But I think I'm going to be really between one of the attacking players. I think if I end up with Che Adams in my side, he's a top captaincy shout, which is very surprising to say. But he's over the last six game weeks. Yeah, over the last six game weeks, he's all over the top um, expected goal involvements with all the other top players. So that, that definitely is something to consider, but to be honest, I'll probably play it a little safer and go with Mo Salah. I think that we just saw the West ham team concede three goals to a B team from Southampton. So, and in the reverse fixture, we saw the hammers upset Liverpool. So I think the, Reds will want to, you know, get some points back in their win column versus West Ham and smash them in the upcoming week.
0: Yeah. Revenge is best served red, so to speak, at least if you're a Liverpool supporter looking at game week 38. With that, we're at the end. Thank you for listening. As always, subscribe, follow us on your preferred podcast provider, Spotify, Apple, Anchor. We're on all of them. Give us a follow on social media. We're at FPL Blues Podcast. And also, if you want to follow each of us individually, I'm at JBUX521 on Twitter and at Bucksapalooza. And Brian is at Chin Nation
1: on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks again for listening. It was a good therapeutic episode to go through wildcard. And now that I'm firmly for at least one game week at the very top of the FPL Blues Podcast Super League. I'm trying to continue that momentum on wild card and attack these upcoming doubles. So please hit us up, slide into our DMs if you have any questions on your moves or on your potential free hits or wild cards as we go into this next busy part of the doubles.
0: FPL managers, listeners, members of our Super League. Come on, we got to catch Brian. I can't be sending swag to my co-host. That's just unacceptable. So let's catch him. Let's hunt him down. <laughs> and uh, best of luck on your wild card, Brian. But best of luck to us non-wild carders in the Super League to catch you and make this competitive run-in to the end of the season. Thanks, everyone. Green arrows all around.